It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Today's show, the bulk of the show, we will be joined by Noah Gardner, host of On the Line on ESPN 167 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Talk recruiting, talk Brian Harson, talk offense, um, and Wonder Beer in the Locked On Auburn Discord. Had a few things to say about a comment that Noah made on his show. Not necessarily attacking him, just a conversation. And so Noah and I discussed that as well. But first things first, um, The Athletic, they put out their top 100 transfers. Yeah, the uh, the transfer portal top 100 per The Athletic. And uh, I thought I'd go through the Auburn-related ones for a few minutes here just because I thought some of them were interesting. So... Nothing about Auburn at all until number 24, the 24th uh, on this list, is defensive tackle Daquan Newkirk. Of course, he left Auburn to go to Florida. So, of course, they see value in Daquan Newkirk. I'm a fan of Daquan Newkirk. I hate that we lost him, but uh, I get it. I get it. All right, so that is Newkirk at 24. The next, the next entry that has to do with Auburn was 65, Defensive end, Big Cat Bryant, of course, left Auburn to go to UCF to play with his former head coach, Gus Malzahn. And then we finally get to the first Auburn player that's still on the roster, defensive back Donovan Kaufman, left Vanderbilt to go to Auburn. And, of course, at the time, it really felt like he was higher than that. He should be higher on this list because that was a big get. I mean, one of the... One of the the hot shot young defenders in this conference, and maybe Auburn fans and Auburn media hyped it up a little bit, but at the time that just felt like such a big get. I mean, they were talking about that all throughout the conference and all throughout college football. So, sixty seven. You're telling me there's sixty six transfers this off season that were better than Donovan Kaufman. I just I have a hard time buying that. Now I don't know how much of an impact Donovan Kaufman is going to have year one. Maybe that has something to do with it. But, um, yeah, all right. And then the last uh, the last entry on this list is number 76, defensive back by Darius Knighton of Southeast Missouri State, of course, going to Auburn. And I think that is interesting as well just because I don't know exactly how much I uh, he's going to be an impact in just one year. I don't know. I don't know. I've definitely been able to kind of talk myself into him being effective. He's very aggressive. He can play off ball. He's got a good first step. I just don't know what his role is. I take that back. I think we can guess what his role is. He's going to be a a guy in the middle of the field, but I don't know how large his role will be. So I think that rating is fair. I think that rating is safe. What is interesting to me is Tony Fair is not on this list. And that is Highway Robert. He may be the transfer I'm highest on <laughs> in regards to instant impact in 2021. I think Tony Fair is going to be an outstanding player for this 2021 defense. I really do. 
And then also I'm surprised that TJ Finley's not on this list just because quarterbacks always seem to kind of get that buff. In whatever ranking it is, quarterbacks always seem to kind of get a little bit of an edge. But he's a backup quarterback right now, so I get it. I understand why he's uh, he's not there, but still think it's interesting nonetheless. Today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get in on the action by going to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Now joining us, Noah Gardner, host of On the Line, as heard on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I wanted to bring you on for multiple reasons. One, of course, uh, we love talking to you here on the show, but a uh, a listener in the Locked on Auburn Discord um, brought you up. So I wanted, um, I don't think he's really like coming at you or anything, but I wanted you to kind of defend your stance. If no, that's I'm okay. here for it. He's a listener. We always appreciate the love. Yeah, yeah. Listens to, to this show and then, of course, uh, to On the Line from 2 to 4 every weekday. All right, so this is from... Wonder Beer, I believe is how he pronounced that. He said, quote, I heard a confusing comment by Noah Garner on last Wednesday's On the Line. He said he was hopeful that we land Micah Riley Ducker so that we have a true receiving threat at tight end to usher in a new era at the position. I haven't watched his tape, but even assuming he's really good, Tyler Fromm looked good in spring and was a wide receiver in high school, well regarded for his route running and hands. Frazier had almost 1,400 yards over two seasons. Landon King had over 1,800 in two years. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. So what he's saying is like, hey, even though the tight ends for Auburn haven't been productive at the college level, they've been ridiculously um, successful in the high school ranks. And so I guess he's asking, why do you think Ducker, if he comes to Auburn, could kind of, you know, change the culture the production of the tight end position my first question about this tight end room is how much has Gus Malzahn's use of the position altered the trajectory of these players development from how productive they were in high school right because Gus Malzahn's system it's no secret to this it didn't really utilize the tight end position last year the entire room had 20 catches for 178 yards and no touchdowns that's putrid We've seen, and last year was honestly the most productive year we've seen at tight end, I feel like, over the last, you know, decade under Malzahn, at least. I mean, they never really used it, at least since CJ Uzama. That was the last time you really saw one. But a lot of, a lot of Uzama's catches, his big catches, he wasn't at tight end. He was just a big slot in those. So then it's like, do you even count that? What does that mean? What does that look like? And then another guy that attached, you know, to the line every now and then, and we saw, in the passing game, Chandler Cox, but his bigger plays, he wasn't lined up there either. So. Was that H-back and then Sal Canella, whatever you want to say that he was. I mean, he may have been a tight end recruit, but 
he was really just a big slot wide receiver. They never attached him to the line of scrimmage. No, it's Al Canelo was frustrated about that. He yeah. he was um you know he talked about that um, when we had him on probably gosh probably over a year and a half ago now, but. He was like, yeah, they recruited me as a tight end, and then they didn't play me at, at tight end. So, And Sal Canella was very Grant Calcaterra-like. If you look at their body sizes and how they play and that they're definitely – they favor more of the receiving game than they favor the blocking scheme, right? Like that that – that is how I saw Sal Canella. They, they never used him that way. Now, he had some big catches out of the big slot, yeah. but it, I understand the frustration there. He probably could have been more of a mismatch if he was located on the line of scrimmage rather than in the slot. So, specifically, Micah Riley-Ducker, he's a three-star tight end. He's 6'6", 235 per 247, plays in Nebraska. He's a Nebraska kid. Um, Top 15 tight end in the country. What do you so? What was the argument that you were making? I, I was not able to listen uh, while you were all y'all were talking about this this past Wednesday. Well, this is this is one of Brian Harson's guys, right? This is somebody that he obviously wants. I believe Auburn's into the top two right here, and there's four crystal balls out right now that at the time that we're recording this for him to go to Iowa. Now he makes his decision this week, and we'll see where he goes. Those crystal balls, not super. They're not super confident. I think the the average rating of it's like a two. It, it's really low mm-hmm. on twenty four seven sports right now. Looks and like they're threes right now. And I think Auburn right now is in the hunt as that second team. But the the big thing is that Auburn's fighting right now for Micah Riley Ducker is Auburn's history at the tight end position versus tight end university in Iowa. I mean, you think about some of the tight ends that have come out of Iowa, probably most notably TJ Hawkinson and company, right? Like that that is a university that although will finish eight and five, nine and three every year in the Big Ten. Good tight end play. Exactly. They're gonna have <laughs> yeah. first and second round caliber tight ends consistently. And that speaks to somebody like Micah Riley Ducker. And that speaks to me a little bit too that Iowa wants him. That, that this is a player that I would want sure. to go after, that they see him as a fit for their offense and their offensive scheme that utilizes the tight end so consistently, not only as pass catchers, but also as run blockers, which Auburn is looking for a guy that can do both. And I think that Auburn's got guys that can catch the ball. Obviously, he, he makes great points about our, our, our listener makes great points. Wonder Beer. Wonder Beer, yeah. Makes great points about this receiving core having had talent and extreme numbers in high school once again I go back to though how much has being under Gus Malzahn and this offense altered that development trajectory I think the base is there but I don't think we've seen any players actually exhibit both the ability to be a pass catcher and a run blocker we just haven't seen them enough yet and maybe that's why I forgot about that a little bit because there is talent in the tight end room I can't I can't deny that and I actually think that's why Michael Riley Ducker is probably going to commit to Iowa because he said and I believe I was reading this in an AuburnSports.com article by Jeffrey Lee, I think some of the things that he wants is a place where he could play right away. And, and there is a logjam right now at tight end, at least in terms of players. But I also think Not that, only playing right away, Noah, but playing as a sophomore, even. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on at the tight end position. With that being said, though, those players that are on Auburn's roster right now, they have no collegiate resume. They only have a high school resume. So but you the would path think that, to playing time is pretty clear for all of these guys, wouldn't you say? At what do you mean by for, clear? Uh, I think it's pretty clear how we're going to see Frazier get on the field. Yeah. I, I think there's a path there. And I think with Fromm or Deal, whoever wins that battle, John Samuel Shanker, I think those three are kind of battling for a similar tight end role, while Frazier's probably going to be more of the pass catcher of the group. But I would say that Frazier has a clearer path to playing time than any of the other positions. Maybe not necessarily for total reps or anything like that because I think whoever wins as a primary blocker is probably going to play the most do you think that there's a dude 
in the tight end room. I think and, it's John Samuel Shanker. Right, and, and then and he doesn't have that much longer at Auburn. I, I don't think that's I, a good point. Right, and so and then after that, it's like are there are there there, there are guys with great high school resumes and, and Wonder Beer. Once again, you make great points there, and honestly, those guys. Being in Gus Malzahn's offense makes me forget what those guys did in high school. But when I see Michael Riley Ducker, I see this guy is someone that Brian Harson, who utilizes the tight end often in his offensive scheme, this is a guy that he must want. And if he wants him, that means he believes that he can be used. Mm -hmm. And honestly, with Michael Riley Ducker's intentions to to want to play right away, I would imagine that this is someone that Harson would want to use right away as well once he got him onto his roster, especially considering the skill set that he has. He's six foot six, two hundred thirty-five pounds. That guy's going to be able to move well. He's going to be able to catch the ball. He's going to be able to win matchups against linebackers and against cornerbacks alike. He's going to be faster than your average linebacker, and he's going to be bigger and stronger than your average cornerback that's going to guard him. He's, he would be a matchup nightmare. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for you to, uh, for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why do what they're just going to do and order the part that you need when you can go to rockauto.com, skip the middleman, get it shipped directly to your door, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Rockauto.com prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet if that's your sort of thing, if that's what you need. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. Also, Built Bar, they've got a new limited-time flavor, Built Grasshopper Cookie. They are delicious, and you can only get them this week only through July 9th. The new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? Uh, it's uh, it, it's it's Built Bar's take on the Thin Mint Cookie. I think it tastes better than Thin Mint Cookies. I'm not a huge Thin Mint Cookie fan, for what that's worth, but I thought this Built Bar was delicious when they sent me a box of these about a month ago. Um, it's all the flavor without any sugar, 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, just five grams of sugar. It is delicious. You feel full. You feel energized. Go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built bar or excuse me, just built.com. Noah Garner, host of on the line, joining us on today's Show and so it's always interesting, you know, continuing this conversation about recruiting, what your sales pitch is, and like if you're recruiting a tight end right now, I guess the sales pitch if you're Harson or Bobo is, hey, I know we haven't used tight ends at Auburn, but uh, we're about to. I promise. Just take my word for it. Yeah, it's almost like Brian Harson selling Boise State more than he's selling Auburn right now, right? As far as how he used players, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's what you have to point to. I think you have to go and sit into these rooms and say, I'm not Gus Malzahn, right? And what's funny is, you look at Malzahn's recruiting history, and of course, it's funny to me that folks, for some reason, want to point out Malzahn's recruiting. And Malzahn's recruiting went 
not very well. It was not very good at, at the end of his tenure, at least at certain position groups like offensive line. Well, you I could mean, criticize that. You would still he would still finish high, right. still finishing that eight to twelve mark, but last, top fifteen at least. The last year was bad, right? At one hundred percent last year, and I've been super critical of last year's recruiting. It was bad. He recruited the offensive line poorly, and that's enough to ruin a program. That issue right there is where you can criticize Malzahn. But as far as skill positions and bringing in like good defensive players, right? The guy sold the Auburn program actually really well. I, I looked back at some of the recruiting rankings last week and I remember back to that his his class when he stepped on campus and it was the class of 2013 you know the year where Auburn went three and nine in 2012 right he still landed like a top 10 class or borderline top 10 class and that was like Carl Lawson Montrevious Adams yeah. Elijah Daniel all those guys of course Elijah Daniel didn't finish with the program but you look at that class it's like that was loaded Malzahn did a really good job of selling the program early on what I think hurt Malzahn in recruiting down the line was the inconsistency of results and there began to be this perception and, and these these words that can be spread throughout the league on the recruiting trail that Malzahn doesn't develop players you're not going to make it to the NFL you're not going to win national championships good luck have fun being eight and five right mm-hmm. like that was kind of the perception after the first four seasons and then you began to see recruiting slowly but surely decay to the point where we saw it end up last year right. I actually think Malzahn was a good recruiter his player development destroyed his recruiting yeah and I still think his player development was fine um I, I really do I think he put more guys into the league than than Auburn had ever seen um but and stats do suggest that I think I think more of what I'm saying about player development is the results that you got on the football field sure in terms of building the team together yeah yeah and I mean you can you can definitely pick guys out and say you know this guy didn't get better and it's like yeah but you know these 10 did so I mean it whatever we've moved on you know and you know you talk about how good of a recruiter Gus was and I agree with you and I think if you finish anywhere in the top 15 consistently um, despite the ebbs and flows and Auburn being a tough job, having to recruit against guy, you know programs that have more in line than Auburn does currently, I think he did a fantastic job. And it's been interesting to see the conversation swirling around Harson's recruiting because he came in and you know you started seeing all these official visits start at the beginning of last month as you know June June rolled around and the doors opened and you can all of a sudden have all these kids back on campus. And it was hot for two weeks. It was. It was great. I mean, it's like every four and five star kid, you know, throughout the Southeast set foot on Auburn. It's what it seemed like. And it was just like every day they'd roll out these lists of kids on campus. And it's like, wow, they're really getting after it. And you're seeing all of the recruiting beat writers talk about, man, the way he's just handling this, it's so much more organized. There's so much more structure. There's so much of a better flow than the previous regime. And it's like, okay, cool. Because my thing is like, if Gus is recruiting from 8 to 12 every year and he was super unorganized and wasn't good at it, is what a lot of people are saying, it's like, oh, well, if Harson has more organization and he's quote-unquote handling it better than you know the previous regime, I'm like, sweet. Auburn's got a chance at a five or six you know, ranked class every few years, which would be huge, which would be great. But now you're starting to hear things about how like he's kind of hands-off in the recruiting process, and it's been interesting to see that and comments about how he's... Um, you know, he, he, the kids are having too much fun. They want it to be super business-oriented with all of this. Do you buy any of that? Do you buy the importance of that? I'll say this. I talked on my show last week about recruiting heavily throughout the week, and I created this traffic light. I said, green, that's great, means go, no worries. Yellow means proceed with caution right now. 
I'm borderline a little bit closer to red. You know, there, there's that red area where it's panic. Okay. But I, I said yellow light right now for Auburn football only because it's early. Only because it's early. There seems to be this belief out there that it's early. Auburn's going to recover. It's green light. It's going to be okay. Yes, it's early. And that's why I've got them at a yellow light. But here's the reality. It's early for everybody. And you go and look at 24-7 sports recruiting rankings right now. Auburn has three commitments. Three. The next closest. Thank goodness one of them is Holden Garner. Right. Thank and, and he's goodness. and he's going to hang around and and I and I I think I think right now you're you're pretty set with those three guys but the other two are local guys. Right. Yeah. Powell Gordon and then Jarrell Stinson at mm-hmm. Opelika but Jarrell Stinson's being recruited pretty hard by by other teams by by certain Florida institutions like UCF in Florida. So I mean that there's that there is other schools coming after at least one of Auburn's guys but I still go back to Auburn has three commitments. There are only three schools in the SEC right now that have less than eight and that's Auburn, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. And Auburn right now, according to 24-7 Sports, is dead last. 14th in the SEC outside of the top 60. You tell me how that can be spun possibly. Now, the argument and the rebuttal, and I've heard this many times not only from you but from other folks, is that the recruiting rankings aren't as big of a deal right now because of the transfer portal and whatnot. Sure, but that still doesn't deny the fact that Auburn only has three commitments right now. They're all three-star commitments with the exception of Holden Gariner, who's borderline a a four-star at this point on on most services. And he probably will finish as a four-star, but they're all three-stars. He's a four-star on most of them, I believe. Right. Yeah. But then you look at the rest of the league, they're all getting numbers. You, you, like, why is Auburn any different than everybody else? I'm sure other people want to go and get high high caliber freshman recruits to come in or high high caliber high school seniors to come in. The transfer portal will probably lower. It will lower the amount of players that come into the program, 100%. Yeah, right. But three is still extremely low, and Auburn really doesn't have a whole lot of momentum, it seems, right now. They got three guys that are that are three stars. One that's a four star, debatably. It, it's not going well right now, and other schools are picking up momentum while Auburn is not. And I think it's interesting because there's going to be a lot of three stars that don't have the value that they used to. Because I think it's worth going to sign a guy that's played for a year or two somewhere else. I don't care what the school is, but you know he can play college football. Than going to take a lottery pick or a lottery ticket on a um, on a three star recruit. You're 100 percent correct because now you basically get another two years of scouting. Yes, you basically get to see which of these three stars pan out. Like right. you could go and commit a three star, get a three star to commit to you, but you don't know if they're going to pan out. You know, uh, a lot of th- a lot of them don't. Right now, you can go and see which ones pan out at group of five or lower tier power five schools, and there will be a crop of recruits every single season that are looking to better their situation. The teams that don't benefit from this that really got hurt by this transfer portal news or teams like Vanderbilt I feel like at least when you're talking about the power five structure because Vanderbilt their best players are going to want to better their situation and they're going to leave yes and it's going to be harder for Vanderbilt to maintain a a, a maintain their program over you know their recruiting cycles of four years because they're going to constantly be losing their best players like Donovan Kaufman but with that being said they are going to be able to bring a higher echelon of freshmen in so are these younger teams going to help them probably not in the sec i think group of five teams yes places like troy that are going to maybe be able to creep in to get some low four stars and high three stars now yeah those places are going to get better because of their youth at least in their own league and maybe they'll be able to compete a little bit easier against some lower tier power five schools if they were to play or something like that but places like auburn and then and then even so the more major institutions like alabama clemson ohio state that are dominating college football right now those schools are going to bring in 
excellent athletes every year through the transfer portal. Auburn's a little bit more in this gray area. I think Auburn's a little bit closer to to losing guys that mean a lot to them to go to bigger places than than to bringing in but I, I think that they're definitely in, in a pretty good situation with the way that the game's changing I think Auburn's in in the more positive part of the transfer portal you know divide I guess is kind of what you're talking about I mean I'm trying to think of a, a stellar Auburn player like I, I'm just trying to think like if Tank Bigsby for whatever reason you know wanted to leave after this com- upcoming season before like, bef- like where would he go right and, and before that before folks maybe take that out of context I think Auburn is definitely more in a positive I'm just saying Auburn's closer to that gray area than an Alabama or a Clemson or an Ohio State I mean every school right right like nobody's nobody's leaving the big schools to go to another big school I don't think but the Auburn's definitely I think closer to the gray area than than some of the major institutions I just I'm, I'm trying to think like if I don't know Zevion Capers has a thousand yard year this year just blows it up you're asking where is he gonna go is he going I don't think he's leaving Auburn to go to Clemson. I don't think so. I, I, and I don't know where else. Like, he's not going to Ohio State. Please don't go to Alabama kind of yeah. thing. So it's like, I don't know A lot of that may depend leave. on need, right? Like, if Ohio State or Clemson did come calling and Xavion Capers was regarded as one of the best you know, receivers but, in but, the country. But in theory, they can't come calling until he enters the portal. Now, maybe That's tampering's true. happening. Maybe. That's true. I don't know. I don't <laughs> wink, know. Wink. Yeah, yeah. Kids enter the transfer portal, and five minutes later, they commit to a new school. But I, I think... Well, let me change this real quick okay, and, sure. and take this in a different direction. You and I, you've said this a lot. You and I both know how important it is for culture to be built where guys want to stay. Yes. And I think that's a little bit more of an of a point of emphasis for Auburn than it is for other universities. Brad LaRondo talked about it when he joined, uh, joined the show on, on Parm Night several so, weeks ago. So I think that's the best way for me to rephrase what I was saying earlier in this segment. I don't want folks to think I'm dogging Auburn because I'm not. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Auburn, <laughs> huge Auburn guy, and I, and I want to see Auburn hold on to these players. Sure. What I'm trying to suggest is I think it's more of a point of emphasis for Auburn to hold on to their guys than other schools in the country, maybe like Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Okay, fair enough. Noah Gardner, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Where can people find all of your content? Where can they uh, Where can they hear you? All of the good stuff. People can find me on On the Line from 2 to 4 on weekdays on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Find the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And uh, just hope everybody has a great day out there and a good week. That is Noah Gardner joining us. Thank you so much for his time. I thought that was a good conversation. Let us know what you think. And if you want to be a part of the Locked On Auburn Discord, we will put that link in the episode description. Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.